Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. On today's hot sheet, I will discuss the demand for vacation homes, first-time homebuyer optimism, pets driving home decisions, and rate cuts. Today is Friday, February 14th, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Happy Friday. As we close out this week, things are looking okay. We've got a bunch of earnings reports out from the banks, and most of the banks are up uh, as we open up the market here. The Dow appears down a tick, as well as S&P and NASDAQ. Uh, 10 years up, by the way, so that's not great news for the 30-year later today. But all these banks, which have caused turmoil in the markets the last few weeks, based off of the earning reports, which have been coming out here today and yesterday, do appear to be up. So maybe validating what Warren Buffett told us last uh, earlier in the week, that banks are strong. What is not strong is demand for vacation homes. That is down more than 50% right now. This is on nowbam.com. A new Redfin report shows demand for vacation homes being down 50% from pre-pandemic levels. Mortgage rates, new loan fees, and cooling rental market, we've talked about that, are deterring second home buyers, okay? It's down actually 52% in March compared to pre-pandemic levels on a seasonally adjusted basis. That's compared to a 13% drop in demand for primary homes. So in the daily download where you can get all of our sources and all of our charts, if you sign up once, you get it every single day. We had a whole bunch of good ones this week. The mortgage rate locks for second homes are 52% below pre-pandemic levels. You can see on the red how high they went up during the panty, up 89% from pre-pandemic levels. That's talking about second homes. While obviously primary homes also shot up, but not quite as much. So when you don't go up as high, you don't have as low to fall. Okay, so March 2023, uh, we're down 13.1% from pre-pandemic levels. That's primary homes, but the 52.2% from pre-pandemic levels would be the secondary homes. Actually, secondary homes are lower than they were before the panty. Even when you had that drastic decline in everything in March, we're below that level on second homes. So if I'm if I'm a, an advisor, if I'm a real estate agent, if I'm working with people who are buying, selling, or investing in real estate, I'm referring back to that NAR generational study that we covered here, where 52% of sellers are going to be boomers in 2023, where the largest buyer demographic is also that of boomers, millennials being number two. I'm focused on those demographics of the market that want a primary home, uh, who are looking to make a sell and a buy in 2023. And it's not necessarily going to be people looking for a pure vacation home. Now, this uh, is this Redfin report is based off of rate locks. So a, a little bit of a twist here, because if we're only focused on rate locks, that's going to skew the data. Rate locks for second homes dropped to their lowest level since 2016 in February, 2023 and stayed nearly as low in March. They peaked at 
And then we just saw that on the chart. Okay. So th this is looking at it from a rate lock situation. Well, four out of 10 homes in America right now, single family homes do not have a mortgage. Okay. So this is just looking at 60% of the homes. So skewing the data a little bit here, you've got to, you've got to look at it from that lens on this Redfin report. And actually it's higher than four out of 10 homes don't have a mortgage. 42% of homes do not have a mortgage. That might be something you want to take a note of right now. Maybe you want to tweet it out and just definitely tag at BAM at now BAM media on, on Twitter. 42% uh, of homes, no mortgage. Okay. So we're looking at really 58% of the market when we look at this Redfin report. We know the reasons why demand for both primary and secondary homes have declined. Has mostly mostly to do, uh, especially when we're looking at this chart on mortgage locks with the mortgage rate. Uh, demand for primary homes being down 13% is largely due, uh, and then demand for the vacation homes have taken a uh, bigger hit. Vacation homes often cost more than primary homes, okay? Uh, vacation home buyers are quicker to retreat from the market because second homes are not a must have. Uh, many remote workers are now returning to the office. That's interesting. I think, I think as we've seen in the last few years, if given the choice, a lot of people would move out of the cities. I have a big report on that for Monday's hot sheet. Make sure you subscribe to this channel and, and hit the notification so you don't miss Monday's hot sheet. I've got a study that, that's going to be fascinating in this. I think most people have given the choice would leave major cities but as they are now being called upon to return to the office, the the only the, the we've talked about these commercial buildings, office buildings. The only thing that might save office buildings here in the next ten years would be the leases that companies have with them, and where they're saying, "Hey, you've got to come back to the office and work here." That might be the only thing that saves office commercial real estate over the next ten years. The short-term rental market is oversaturated. Yeah, we, we looked at some numbers for that just over in this past week. The long-term rental market is, is also slowly moving. So Redfin Deputy Chief Economist Taylor Marr, with housing payments near all-time high, a lot of people can't afford to buy one home right now, let alone a second. Let me know in the comments if you're feeling that. Add the recent increase in loan fees, inflation, shaky financial markets, the end of pandemic-related financial stimulus, and many companies calling workers back to the office. It's simply a challenging time for most Americans to buy a vacation home. If you're in a vacation market, I'd love to know if, if you're an agent or a broker in a vacation market, I'd love to know what's happening there. Let us know in the comments when, when uh, tying a mortgage to it as Redfin reports, the demand is certainly plummeting uh, and that makes sense. But I'd love to know if that cash demand is still there because 42% of homes are owned by cash. Uh, First-time home buyers are optimistic amid uncertain market. This is also on nowbam.com. Sarah Lentz wrote the article, a TD Bank survey of over a thousand U.S. consumers planning to buy a home in 2023 finds first-time home buyers are optimistic, with 39% saying it's a good time to buy. While some who want to buy a home have decided to keep renting for now, rising rents are driving more renters towards home ownership. Okay, so we've seen this rising rents and this TD Bank survey is referencing that, but we've also seen a massive slowdown 
in rising rents. So, you know, my belief is that, you know, in certain areas of the country, as this, these rents do slow down, it might make it more advantageous for people to stay in that rent. Um, you know, if the mortgage rates could remain to stay high, I'm not an advocate for that. I'm just saying kind of what I'm forecasting out over the next uh, eight to nine months. TD's first time homebuyer polls found that over 54% of survey respondents saying they're doing better financially today than they were two years ago. Thanks in part to cooling inflation, consumer perception of the economy and housing affordability may not be glowing right now, but rising rents are driving more of them towards home ownership. Okay. Uh, even as house prices fluctuate across the U.S., first-time home buyers in TD Bank survey are optimistic. So 39% believe now is a good time to buy. Uh, they must be looking at this chart, which I've shared with you a bunch this week. I'll drop it back in there today. If you have yet to sign up for our daily download, make sure you do it. You get all our sources and charts in one place. And this is a chart you need, especially if you're an agent going out there over the weekend. CoreLogic believes that U.S. home prices have bottomed and that we're going up for the remainder of this year and really the remainder of the next few years. Okay, They believe that prices are going to be at the end of this year where they peaked out at last year. Okay, This is a chart that every first-time home buyer should see who believes they're going to have some dramatic cliff happening on home prices. This is one I'd have on my phone out there on the showings and open houses on Saturday and Sunday. Hey, home prices have bottomed. CoreLogic's reporting it. Zillow's reporting it, among others. And by the end of the year, home prices are actually going to be back up to the peak. So how long do you actually want to wait to buy that home? If you have a need to be in this area seven to 10 years, I would advise going and finding the right home because we know that on every decade, you're going to see your home value increase when you look at it decade over decade over decade. In fact, uh, that would be the case for the last four decades in a row. And we've covered that here. So I, I'd be looking at that chart if I was uh, an agent and I'm out there this weekend, I'd be making sure everybody sees that uh, because 39% believe now's a good time to buy. That number may go up if they see that chart and they realize that home value is going to be back to the peak by the end of this year, according to CoreLogic. Uh, many of those who have begun the home buying process are taking steps to prepare with 48% starting to save money for a down payment. 85% of surveyed believe buying a home is a good long-term investment. So show them the data of the last 10 year, the last uh, four decades where home prices have gone up over 30% in every single decade. That's inclusive of the early 2000s when we had 2008 happen in the middle. Remember prices went up over 80% pre-2007. And yeah, they came down 40%, but for the decade, you were up over 40%. So 85% of uh, survey respondents believe long-term real estate's a good investment. Hey, they're not, prices aren't coming down this year. They're actually going up according to CoreLogic. So if you're going to be here for the next 10 years and you believe it's a good long-term investment, and here are the reasons why you've decided to buy a home, why are we holding back outside of yes inventory, right? If you're in the Northeast, inventory is incredibly low and you just might not have the opportunity yet, but stay in the game, stay hunting. You know, this is the advice you'd be giving to your buyers. Stay out there active on the Saturdays and Sundays, because when you do actually walk into the house that is right for you, you're going to have so much information 
You're going to be so educated to make that offer, to have the belief and the confidence to move forward. Amid optimism, first-time home buyers do have reservations, though, with 69% worried about the economy and 64% uncertain about their ability to afford a home with rising mortgage rates. The belief is that those mortgage rates will actually be lower by the end of the year than they are today. Okay, the belief is with Fannie and Freddie and many others that will be in the high fives by the end of the year. We've covered that a whole bunch. What we what we haven't covered a lot um, is pets. We haven't covered pets really at all here on the hot sheet. Uh, but on nowbam.com, pets over partners. Gen Z wants fence yards over double sinks. This is a new Zillow research. Uh, this article just went up this morning, so make sure you go check it out. Shows that Gen Z, ages six, uh, 18 to 26, some of them act like 16-year-olds, but ages 18 to 26 are more likely to prioritize pets over partners or even their kids, whether those kids are real or or in the future, I think once they have kids, they may change that when buying a home. Gen Z pet owners are more likely to prioritize fenced backyards than double sinks, kids' playrooms, or a home office for their partner. Okay. Interesting. Four four percent of Gen Z are actually cu- currently a homeowner. That's not in this, but we just we just covered it here on the hot sheet. Four percent of Gen Z demo is a homeowner right now. So um, when they become homeowners, when they actually have kids, this may change, but this is a new Zillow survey right now. I find it quite hilarious, by the way, that um, we're actually looking at this. It gives us it gives us data and insight of how Gen Z thinks about homeownership right now, but we all know that that's gonna change as they age up, as they do start having kids and they actually buy that first home and their experience of being a homeowner comes into play. A lot of this is going to change. We've seen it over time, right? Um, Turns out prospective buyers of this generation are more likely to prioritize pets over partners or children when buying a home. More Gen Z home shoppers, for example, uh, consider fenced in yard for their furry baby as essential compared to those that prioritize double sinks in the primary bathroom. Okay. So, um, uh, Zillow survey conducted online by the Harris poll shows 22% of Gen Z pet parents would want to move if their current home was no longer working for their fur baby. So they're going to say, Hey, Fluffy, um, Fluffy, it, does this house work for you anymore? Do, is this, is this a good home for you? Is this, is this the place that we should live? And if the dog says, no, 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 it's, it's not, it's not the good place to live. They're going to 22% of them say they're going to live. So 12%, would feel the same inclination if their home wasn't working for their partner. So they say, hey, honey, uh, is this home working for you? No, not really. Well, screw you. I don't care. The dog says it's working for them. So it really just doesn't matter. Uh, three in five, uh, 60% of Gen Zers consider certain pet-friendly home features essential. Okay. Um, I, I would consider that when working with a, a Gen Z buyer. I don't know how much. I would alter my listing presentation you know, or my listing marketing for that. If I was a, uh, you know, the listing agent, remember the largest demographic is baby boomers for buyers. The largest demographic for sellers is baby boomers. So while Gen Z's are the new buzz, 
They don't make up the majority of the decision makers when it comes to real estate. I want to know. And I listen, I have trouble relating to a lot of Gen Z mindset right now. You may be in that camp. Let me know in the, in the comments. So if I'm working with somebody from Gen Z or if I'm coaching somebody on my team that is Gen Z, I certainly want to understand these data points of how they feel, how they look at the world. And Gen Z is really going to going to elevate what, you know, how they perceive their dog's happiness, maybe even over their partner, something to consider. Is this like the cold hearted generation if they like dogs over humans? A lot of people would say no. But you're supposed to like dogs over humans. I tend to lean more towards the humans compared to uh, uh, one third of Gen Z adults. 28% feel that the same about having the double sink. 35% uh, consider a home for their spouse essential. Okay, so I don't know. They seem to be leaning towards the dogs here. 45% uh, prioritize uh, kid friendly. About 55% say it's more important for the home to be pet friendly. All right. So you can grab that below. Take a look at that, especially if you're working with any Gen Z clientele. You may want to know how they're thinking about the world. How I'm thinking about the world right now is will it go into a recession? Jackie says, as a uh, downtown condo owner myself, I can tell you that buying a house with a yard would be more for me than the dog. So I don't have to walk it 12 times a day. Yes. And you know, the other thing about having the yard is I find people in the condo, condo downtown living just wearing a, a plastic bag over their hand all the time because they're, you know, all day they're, they're walking the dog and picking up after the dog. That I think would, I would pay any, if I had a dog, which I don't have a dog, I would pay any amount to make sure I never have to wear a plastic bag over my hand. Uh, you may find that, me even doing this looks a little psychotic, but uh, I when I see people doing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for that person. Uh, Don Lafala, first time home improvement we made to this new home. We added a fence so dogs could roam and not bother the cattle on the thousand acres plus next door. Well, that's very nice. I'm sure the cattle appreciate that. I don't think they want a little dog nipping at their heels as they're roaming the uh the fields all right uh what i'm thinking about a lot right now is the recession i want and i want to uh, finish off on that mark may 3rd on your calendar okay this is according to bloomberg that's when traders expect the federal reserve hike rates for the last time in this tightening cycle so right now the markets have priced in 90 percent. by the way uh dow's up right now so Markets are back up, Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ here to start the day. But the markets have priced in at a 90% certainty that there will be one more Fed rate hike. Now, we just went over the Fed meetings yesterday on the hot sheet. You can go check that out. Where the Fed believes that we are going to go into a recession before the end of the year. This is according to their meeting minutes from their last meeting. Okay, their last meeting was in March, March 21st, 22nd. We just got the minutes yesterday. And their minutes reported that in that meeting, they believe we will go into recession before the end of the year. And they're blaming uh, the bank turmoil, even though they said your deposits are safe. So figure that one out. Hey, bank turmoil means recession. Deposits, totally safe. Don't worry about it. Okay, don't worry about your deposit in the bank. But but that does mean recession. I don't, you know, I don't know. They kind of flip flop there for me, but 90% of the market believes they will go up 
two five basis points or 25 basis points, um, despite the fact that we are going to be heading into this federal uh, reserve belief of a recession. All right. So despite repeated pushback from central bankers, the market is now betting on three rate cuts this year from that peak. So next meeting, which will be, I think, May 1st, May 2nd, somewhere in that uh, early May is the next FOMC meeting. So that'll be the peak if they raise one more time. And then second half of the year, the market is now pricing in three cuts. This is going to be because the economy gets so bad that now the Fed has to catch back up instead of just pausing last meeting and pausing maybe this meeting and waiting and see. No, they're going to have to play catch up. It's not just traders expecting the economy to get worse with four out of five participants in a survey by the International Association of Credit Portfolio Managers expecting a U.S. recession in 2023 and a rise in corporate defaults. That poll comes as the U.S. junk bond market shrank to $1.4 trillion, down 11% from its peak in October 2021. These forecasts of economic gloom has investors on the hunt for bond markets primed to outperform the global rate height cycle indeed uh, happening. Okay, so um, there you go. I do have a chart on this if you're interested. Right, Rate cuts are coming. This would overall be you know, a benefit to potential long-term 30-year uh, fixed rates. I know we follow the 10-year, but uh, if they continue to cut rates, there's a belief that the 10-year would drop before the end of the year and we maybe would get into the five. So rate cuts are coming. Future traders boost bets. Fed will ease after June. So they're expecting a rate hike in May. And then we're going to see uh, a decrease there in uh, in June or, or the preceding months in the second half of the year. Okay. Inflation, which we saw inflation cooling this year. I thought this was an interesting chart put out by fortune. Just wanted to share this with you here, um, which shows inflation by the decade. Okay. So you can see that inflation happens in every decade. It's a natural occurrence in our economy. Um, but the months of of where we're at into the decade, you can see the 2020s has been a much sharper increase initially than the 1990s, the 2000s, or the 2010s. Here we are um, in this uh, this cycle right now. There it is. I'm writing. Uh, so we're well above uh, the inflation point. We're over 15%, right? Like 17% for the entire decade so far, which is we're only three years in. Uh, but the 1990s ended up over 30%. The 2000s ended up over almost at 30%, at 25%. And the 2010s, low inflationary times that we've seen as of late, ended up at about 17%. So in three years in, we're almost where we're at for the 2010s here in the 2020s. So no doubt, and we're seeing this flattening that's happening right now, no doubt we need to flatten and, and maybe uh, become a little bit more steady. But it, but if we follow like, you know, this 2010s trend line for the rest of the decade, we'd still probably end up below the 2000s and the 1990s overall. If, if we can get this thing back on the tracks and then just corrected for the rest of, uh, the decade, that's uh, that's where we would end up. 
This chart here, which I'm going to include for the third time this week in the daily download, is one that if you're an agent, I would absolutely grab. CoreLogic believes that we've bottomed out on prices. I'd grab it and use it over the weekend. Seasonally adjusted Case-Shiller U.S. National Home Price Index reading through uh, January 2023. They believe that red line at the top is where prices will end by the end of 2023. So for buyers who are skeptical about the asking price this spring, this is a chart that I'd want to show them. Hey, prices have bottomed. CoreLogic and Zillow Home Index are both reporting that, especially if they came to you through Zillow. They use Zillow. They trust Zillow. I'd give those two numbers. And then here's the expectation by the end of the year that home prices are going to be more expensive per the list price, not per your payment necessarily, depending on where mortgage payments go, but per the list price than they are today. All right, let's take a look today at where the 10-year is. It is up. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. It was up before we started the show. The markets are up. Let's see where it was. Okay, so the 10-year was up over 3.5 before starting the show. It's now at 3.494, um, up 0.048 as of right now. Could mean an increase in the 30-year fixed when that read comes out later today. We did get our lowest read of the week yesterday at 6.39%, well off of our low from last week. Uh, we've had a pretty tight range here from 6.52 to 6.39 for the week. I wouldn't expect much change here to close out the week, uh, but we could be back up in that 6.4 to 6.5 pocket that we've seen throughout the week with where the 10-year is today, okay? Where you should be on May 5th is with me right here in Naples, Florida. We've got our golf mastermind. If you're into golf and you're into, or even if you're not into golf, come anyways. We've got a couple spots left. We're going to be doing an Instagram audit, a personalized Instagram audit for you with a plan to walk away to implement for the rest of 2023. The best YouTube channel in real estate for agents is Ken Pozak's in Orlando, 36,000 followers, but he actually generates leads with this local channel. We're going to show you a playbook on how to create that specifically designed for you and your market. And then Bobby, our lead producer is going to be there to give you the playbook to get all of this editing done, how to manage it if you're going to outsource it or how to do it yourself if you're doing it personally. I'm going to be there all day with you to answer any single question that you have about the market or your business. Okay. We're going to do lunch. We're going to play golf in the afternoon and have some drinks. That's Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. The link is down below. Do not miss it. If you care about building your brand here in 2023, I'd love to see you there. We are going to over deliver. There's some uh, takeaways that we're not even promoting that we will be giving away to everybody who does sign up. It's only 12 spots total. So it's a very intimate, all-inclusive experience. And we've got a few left. So make sure you grab one of those. Also today, make sure you go over to at Knowledge Brokers Podcast on YouTube, different channel at Knowledge Brokers Podcast and hit subscribe because later today we will be premiering an episode with myself and Tom Tool, recapping and going deep on everything of the week that was and what you need to say this weekend to actually convert with your clients. So make sure that you are subscribed to that channel. And until Monday here for the hot sheet, I hope everybody has a great weekend. We'll see you live 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific time as we go live on this channel every single day, Monday through Friday when the markets are open. Can't wait to open up Monday with all of you. Until then, toodaloo.